Thanks, everybody. We're just going to wait a couple more minutes to see if more people join. Okay, I think we have a good group already joined. So good afternoon, everybody. Hopefully everybody is keeping safe and healthy. See a few waves, hello. <laughs> hello. So thanks for joining us today for today's plugged in event. Um, today we have a few guests from Herrick Feinstein and um, one who I'll hand it over to in a second to introduce the other speakers is Yuri Benari, who is actually Cornet's legal counsel. And um, you know, Yuri has um, been helping us with several you know aspects in Cornet that also relate to our current situation. So he's definitely um, you know in tune with what is going on. And they also, um, Herrick Feinstein is a, is a real estate boutique law firm that was established in 1928 and um, has offices in New York City, Newark, New Jersey, and they represent a host of different clients, owners, um, tenants, developers, investors, etc. So they, um, they do have a group internally that they've um, assembled that is dealing with, um, you know, the current situation and advising clients on how to deal with things from COVID-19 related issues, including force majeure, employment, insurance coverage, et cetera. So um, today's conversation is going to focus primarily on the conversation and, and the impact of the CARES Act that was released by the federal government. And I will hand it over to Yuri. Thank you. Thank you, Sheena. Hi, everyone, and thank you for participating today. Um, I'd like to maybe start a little bit about uh, telling you a little bit about our firm, what we do, and introduce my co-speakers. So uh, as Sheena mentioned, Herrick Feinstein is a law firm. Uh, we are based in New York. We have a uh, presence in New York, New Jersey, Washington, DC, uh, in Turkey. We work both domestically and internationally and are assisting our clients, uh, both uh, related to the, the, the current pandemic, both locally and uh, internationally, and we'll get to some examples. Incidentally, if for some reason the internet's not working well and, and I freeze or cut out, just start waving your hands like this or something and I'll, I'll understand that I, I'm having a technical problem. Um, so uh, Herrick Feinstein, we have about 160 lawyers. Uh, we focus on uh, real estate litigation and corporate work as well as securities work. 
Our real estate team specifically has about 65 people in its group. We have a transaction, uh, folks that deal in trans general transactional work. We have folks that deal in economic incentives, zoning, condo work, tax work, environmental work, and um, each and every one of these items specifically has come into play over the last month or so as, as we've been addressing this pandemic. Um, along with me today are Andy Gold. Andy, can you raise your hand? Wave your hand so we can see you. That's Andy Gold and Patrick O'Sullivan. Patrick, can you raise your hand? That's Patrick. Um, Andy is uh, my partner at Herrick. He's been a lawyer for about 30 years. He doesn't look like he's been doing it for more than three, four years, but he has uh, a great energy and he helps owners, uh, lenders, borrowers, um, and developers work through all aspects of transactional real estate, restructuring, finance, and so forth. Again, Andy and I work on transactions both here and internationally. Uh, Patrick O'Sullivan, also my partner, he represents owners, developers, investors, and governmental entities and not-for-profit institutions on a range of real estate matters and focuses on development issues, uh, particularly those that arrive in the public-private uh, transactions. Um, he is, uh, Patrick is the former executive vice president and head of the Real Estate Transactions Group at the New York City Economic Development Corporation. Um, and uh, he, led, uh, he worked a lot with real estate developers to meet their, their challenges in the public-private sector. Um, I lost everybody there for a second. Um, with that, let, let's uh, uh, first of all address the major emergency of the day that I had to deal with. Um, some of you know tonight is uh, the eve of Passover. And as we were uh, getting ready for the session, my wife said to me, we don't have macaroons. So I'd like to report to every first of all that I found the last box of macaroon on the Upper East Side. If anybody would like one, feel free to come to my house over the next three days. So emergency number one, covered and it is sealed. So we don't have to worry about any type of contamination. Reeve, I've got a box in the closet from last year. I could have sent that up to you. Now you tell me, is it chocolate or vanilla flavored or coconut? It's always chocolate. Perfect. So you can now come either to my house or to Andy's house to have some chocolate macaroons, either fresh ones from this year or Andy's from last year. Um, so I'd like to share with you, first of all, a little bit of, of what, what we as a, a department, a law firm have been addressing to help our clients over the last uh, months, especially over the last week or so. Um, until about a week, a week and a half ago, when uh, we were wondering what was going to happen in terms of loans and rent and rents, we were strategizing with our tenants, our landlords and our lending clients to understand what will happen, both in terms of who will, won't pay, what to do about those who either don't pay or ask for um, as some type of forbearance. We've had many clients that have loans, either balance sheet loans, or securitized loans, each one having its own set of, uh, uh, of methodologies to connect with lenders and servicers to try and figure out what to do in this area. Uh, we've been working uh, with hotels uh, and other hospitality clients in terms of how to, on the one hand, some of them have, have essentially shut down. So how to work through shutting down the hotel in terms of coordinating, not just with the franchise and the management company and their lenders, but also dealing with the employment related issues uh, in terms of giving notices and so forth, and uh, how to address unemployment and insurance related matter. We have been diligently helping our clients go through their insurance policies to understand what coverage they have or don't have that may be relevant in these circumstances, or how to make sure that they put in, uh, uh, they, they, they put their insurers on notice of issues that they're having and how to, and how to handle those as well. Um, we've been monitoring closely the various economic packages and benefits that have been coming out by the various governments 
at, at various levels and Patrick will speak a little bit about those as well and Andy as well at different levels and we'll walk you through all of those um, as well as some things to look out for and, and what the outlook looks like. If at any point, uh, this is not meant to be a, a lecture, this is meant to be a dialogue, a conversation with you. If at any point you have a question on the bottom of your screen, you'll see that there is a, a chat button. Uh, if you see it, feel free to click on that and uh, you'll be able to uh, send us a message. Just make sure that um, where it says to, it says to, I believe it goes to, uh, should go to um, either everyone or Marissa. Marissa will tell me if I'm incorrect about how it works. But if you have any questions, just send them there uh, so that we can we can see them and get them answered as, as you ask them. Um, while you're not talking, if you can just make sure you're on mute so we don't get feedback noise, that would be great. Um, with that, I'd like to just kind of jump right into it right away. And um, okay, so I'd like to jump right away, maybe start with Andy. Andy, can you, can you tell us a little bit about what's been going on in the world of the uh, Paycheck Protection in terms of the, of the, uh, uh, the CARES Act, what your uh, counseling clients, what some of the challenges some of them are facing in understanding whether or not they can uh, even meet the requirements and uh, maybe some thoughts about when people can, will start seeing some of that money actually come in so that they can use it and uh, help revive their businesses. Yeah, sure, Yorib, I'll, I'll definitely uh, answer those types of questions. I wanted to give an overall view first of what the Paycheck Protection Program is. Um, first of all, you shorted me 10 years on the years of practice. It's almost 40, not 30, but that's okay. And um, um, I'm glad that everybody's here. I hope everybody's Maybe after this month, it'll be more like 50. <laughs> it feels like 50 right now. I uh, hope everybody's, uh, everybody's safe. Um, you might have heard that uh, last Friday, uh, the president signed into law the CARES Act, uh, which is a $2 trillion uh, package of loans and grants, some to specific industries like uh, the airlines industry. Uh, some money is going to be funneled to the Federal Reserve and the Treasury uh, for, uh, for loans and, and other programs that, that Pat will talk about in a moment. Uh, but the bulk of the, or the, the, the biggest news from the CARES Act as it, as it involves small businesses uh, and individuals is the uh, Paycheck um, Protection Program, uh, which is a $350 billion program, uh, although uh, I'm sure if you've been listening to the news that that program looks like it's going to be extended uh, by another $250 billion. The Senate is supposed to vote on that on Thursday, but stay tuned. Uh, but like this program, uh, since it was first uh, announced a few weeks ago, things have been e evolving. Uh, there have been regulations that have come out that have modified uh, certain provisions of the statute. And I'll talk about uh, all of that in a second, in term also in terms of the application process, what we're seeing from different lenders, uh, because the forms are all not the same, and how the lenders are, are processing uh, these loans and, and how long it might take before we actually see some money going into various bank accounts. But um, the purpose of the Paycheck Protection Program was really specific to provide businesses with funds, with loans that ultimately might turn into uh, grants. In other words, the loans would be forgiven uh, to be used to pay um, for basically general overhead of, of a business, payroll, uh, rent, mortgage payments, uh, and utilities. But the primary purpose of the loans is really to pay payroll so that employers do not 
let people go uh, during these during these times. Um, under the program, um, any business, a small business, uh, can apply for loans uh, in lesser of uh, an amount of $10 million or 250% of their average monthly payroll. Uh, you can use uh, either uh, calendar year 2019 or you can go back a year from, from basically today. Uh, eligible businesses include um, basically any type of business, uh, so long as you have less than 500 employees. So uh, they can be uh, not-for-profits, veterans organizations, tribal concerns, uh, which I assume is not applicable here, um, uh, sole proprietors, self-employed individuals, and also uh, independent contractors are, uh, are eligible for these loans. Um, currently, uh, and I think this is gonna, gonna stay, uh, the loans carry a rate of uh, 1%. Uh, payments under the loans are deferred for six, no less than six, no more than 12 months. I've been seeing uh, in the market six. I've seen uh, documents from, from Chase, the actual uh, loan documents, which are very, very simple. Um, uh, and they are, they are a six month deferral. Uh, the uh, loans are repayable within two years after the six month deferral. Uh, Chase is uh, requiring that uh, after the six months, the loan is amortized. And then to the extent that there was principal and interest that was deferred during the six month period, that would also be due and payable on the two year anniversary of the, of the making of the loan. The loans can be used, as I mentioned, for payroll costs, uh, but, but excluding any employee compensation above $100,000. Um, interest payments on, as I mentioned, on mortgages, rent payments, utility payments, and actually interest on other debt obligations that might have been incurred before the, the loan, uh, before the, 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 the period for which the loan was, um, uh, was, was applied for. Um, however, not all of those categories of expenses would be forgivable uh, under the loan program. Uh, and I'll talk about that, I'll talk about that in a second. Um, the um, interesting part about uh, the uh, PPP is that there is an exemption uh, to the 500 person limitation and that is for businesses that are basically in the accommodation and food business. Uh, so if you have uh, hotels uh, and you have, I don't know, 10 of them and maybe you've got uh, a thousand employees, so long as uh, not one of those hotels has more than 500, even though you have a thousand employees, still qualify for this loan, and that was specifically to uh, address the the very hard hit hotel and uh, and and food uh, and food industry. Um, the uh, the SBA will still look at their affiliation requirements, so that if you have uh, a a number of businesses that ultimately are controlled uh, up the chain. Uh, and those businesses in the aggregate have more than 500 employees, uh, you would not, not be eligible for the loan. Um, the amount of the loan is, is calculated based on, uh, as I mentioned, uh, the previous 12 months or calendar 2019, depending on uh, which is more advantageous to the employer. And basically you take um, all payroll, uh, uh, which includes salary, wages, other compensation commissions paid to the employees up to the amount of $100,000. And then you can include on top of that 
non-cash benefits such as employer, uh, contrib uh, employer contributions to retirement plans, group health care, uh, including insurance premiums, and state and local taxes assessed on the compensation of the employees. You multiply that number by two and a half. If that number is less than 10 million, that's the number you get. If that number is over 10 million, you get 10 million. Um, the interesting thing about these loans is that they can be forgiven to the extent that those proceeds are used in the eight weeks subsequent to the funding uh, for uh, four basic uh, expenses, uh, payroll, rent, uh, mortgage payments, uh, and, um, and utilities. Uh, however, the forgiveness for rent, uh, I don't know why they take out, and I'm sorry, that's interest on mortgage payments, not the principal. Uh, I don't know why they do this just for rent and not for mortgage payments, but to the extent that rent uh, constitutes uh, uh, more than 25% of the amount of money uh, that you receive, uh, you're only allowed to, uh, you're only forgiven for the 25%. Uh, um, it's capped. Uh, and the reason for that is, the, as I mentioned at the beginning, the whole purpose of this statute uh, and this legislation is to provide money to employers to keep their payroll and not fire anybody um, during the period after the time that they get the loan. So to the extent that you have, uh, you use 100% of the money in the eight weeks subsequent to the time you get the loan for payroll, that entire amount would be forgiven subject to the following caveat. Um, the loan forgiveness uh, program gets um, reduced to the extent that your headcount during this eight week period is less than your headcount in, in one of two other periods, which again is at the, uh, at the um, option of the employer to determine what is more beneficial. So the first, first uh, uh, period of time that the employer can, can use is uh, the average amount of employees it has from February 15th, 2019, to June 30th, 2019. Or it can use the average number of employees that it has from January 1st, 2020 through December 29th, 2020. Um, and to the extent that the employees in either of those two periods, uh, you had more employees in those either of those two periods than you have during the eight week period after the loan is made, uh, your forgiveness gets reduced. So for example, if you had 10 employees uh, from January 1st, 2020 through December, through February of 2020. And during the eight week period, you have five employees, your forgiveness would be reduced by 50%. Um, there's a similar provision with respect to wage reduction uh, to the extent that you reduce wages by more than 25% uh, during this period, that amount in excess of the 25% would also not be forgiven. Uh, but since this is the government, it gets a little bit more complicated. Um, to the extent that you rehire uh, those five people that I mentioned, uh, it doesn't have to be the same five people, uh, but five people on or before June 30th of this year, you would then be able to get the full forgiveness. Uh, and the same thing goes for the uh, reduction uh, of, uh, of compensation. Um, in terms of uh, what happens with the forgiven uh, parts of the loan, it's not uh, the employer needs to submit an application after this eight-week period. There's nothing in the statute of the regs right now that talks about 
uh, talks about uh, you know when that uh, application has to be submitted. Obviously, there'll be documentation that has to go with it, payroll records, uh, uh, any documents that you've sent to the IRS or state income tax or, or state uh, 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 revenue agencies, uh, payroll, unemployment filings, anything like that. Uh, and a, a certification that what you're submitting is true and correct. Uh, the lender has to make a decision thereafter within 60 days uh, with respect to the forgiveness. And any amounts that are forgiven um, are not considered uh, forgiveness of indebtedness income. And that's the, that's, that's the basics of the, of the program. Um, uh, we, we have been assisting uh, many clients in determining uh, headcount in order to meet that 500 uh, employee uh, ceiling. Um, we have been uh, reviewing applications to many different institutions, as I said, things seem to be evolving uh, as, as we go along. Uh, the, in fact, the actual application form uh, that the uh, SBA put out originally, um, and, and we had clients that were struggling with it because there were some citizenship questions on there that really aren't relevant to this program, uh, ultimately, again, were modified late on Friday evening. So, so people are, are scrambling. I think things are settling down a little bit. Um, uh, I've been speaking with uh, some, some folks who, who actually have had their applications filed and approved by the local institution. That's the way it works. You file the application supporting docs with your local SBA bank. Our recommendation is that you obviously go to a bank that you already have a relationship with. Um, the bank reviews the documentation, reviews the form. They do not do an in-depth financial analysis. Uh, they ship it to the SBA. The SBA looks at it and, and, and hopefully it clears and, and you get your funding. Um, I do not believe that the SBA is going to really look very deeply at this either uh, in terms of getting the money out. I think that they will look at it very deeply um, when uh, people apply for the, for the forgiveness uh, and, and they have some, some, some time to, to, to actually look at this stuff. Uh, within a 60-day or 90-day window, as opposed to trying to get the money out the doors as 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 soon as possible. Um, I don't know if anybody has any questions, but happy to answer. Andy, just uh, I wanted to follow up on one point you were mentioning. Um, I know this is all very new, and there are, there are a lot of regs and interpretations and FAQs going around. But uh, is it fair to say that this was all done very quickly and? That anybody has any hesitation that should really keep monitoring the evolution of the regs and the interpretations to figure out whether or not they qualify and, and how this will apply going forward? Well, I, I think that if anybody thinks that they're eligible for this loan, if they have any question as to whether they're eligible for this loan, they should um, speak with, frankly, they should speak with their lender. Um, the lenders have been very uh, helpful uh, in, 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 in taking people through this application. Um, it was, you know, this whole program was done virtually overnight. Uh, uh, people are struggling a little bit with it, uh, but, you know, we would recommend that you speak to your lender. If you're at all hesitant, if you think you qualify, put your application in. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's no collateral, there's no guarantees required with respect to, to, to these loans. Um, you know, if for some reason, uh, you weren't eligible, and as long as you didn't commit fraud, 
um, and uh, and you received the money and and used it. I mean, the worst that's going to happen, I think, and but I have no basis for this. But given the nature of the program, it's just what I think. Um, the worst that's going to happen is 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 you're going to have to repay the loan, and you won't get the forgiveness again as long as there's no, there's no fraud involved. And and um, in terms of I don't know how how applicable it is necessarily to the folks on the call, but given that this in the, at least at the initial stage is additional subordinate debt, uh, clearly people should be talking to their lenders to to let them know that this they're they're applying for this and they will be taking this on their balance sheet. Yeah, that, that look that's a that's a very good point, Yariv. Um, what I'm what what Pat and I are finding is that uh, lenders understanding that this loan is. Um, going to be used to, to keep the business afloat, which helps uh, the, the other debt ultimately get paid because the business remains open. And the fact that uh, it's, it, there's no collateral, there's no personal guarantees, and it could be forgiven. The banks are, are in our view, certainly not discouraging, and I think they're encouraging uh, businesses to apply for these loans. Um, you know, because it would be, it's better for the SBA to fund these expenses than for businesses to go to their existing banks and ask for um, increases in their lines, in the working capital lines. Okay. Uh, thank you, Andy. Again, folks, if anybody has a question, feel free to send it in through the chat. Uh, uh, I'm looking at it. I hope I'm doing it right. But if I missed your questions for Andy or, or for Patrick, again, just, you know, rate, you know, do this with your hands and I'll understand something's going wrong. I can keep doing this, by the way, if people like this throughout, but that's a different thing. Um, okay, Patrick, tell us what's new and exciting in economic incentives and, and how that can help uh, us out during this period of time. And what's coming in the pipeline too? Sure, uh, thanks, Yariv. I guess first, just to, to follow up on, uh, on Andy's uh, discussion, um, Andy, it's correct to say that uh, initially there were three, three under the uh, PPP program, there was initially $349 billion allocated to it. Expectation is, is that, that that is going to be uh, expanded uh, in short order, correct? Yeah, correct. Another, I think I mentioned it. I, I rounded up to 350, uh, Pat. But um, yeah, um, there's a, another 250, uh, 250 billion that's being bantied about. And I, the other thing that's um, important to note is that uh, businesses were able to start applying uh, beginning uh, last Friday, April 3rd, um, with respect to uh, the program is also available to sole proprietors and independent contractors and um, applications for those, um, those types of businesses, uh, I think, begin um, this Friday, if I'm, um, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's, that, that's correct. It was, uh, it was, a, it was staggered um, primarily so that, you know, businesses that had you know, several employees up to 500 could get the money out first. I don't know, is Pat frozen? Patrick, I think you're frozen. Okay, so until we, we get Patrick back, um, Andy will be singing us a song. Hold on, let's give him another second. So, so while we get 
Patrick back uh, to talk just to, to give you a little flavor of some of the things Patrick was going to speak about and when he loops back in, we'll speak about and tell you how I got it all wrong. Uh, is the various um, uh, incentives that outside of the Paycheck Protection Program that are being looked at at the federal level. Um, uh, some of you may know that the Fed is already uh, committed to buying at, at a commercial level, which is again, less applicable for this call, already uh, committed to buying back some commercial paper and to fund municipality bonds in order to allow everybody to keep working and, and uh, running their, their, uh, uh, their infrastructures in cities. Um, he will talk a little bit about additional programs that the Fed and other agencies are looking to, to put out there. Uh, as well, there have been a few programs that the uh, New York City has put out, um, has put out there. Unfortunately, the, the two or three programs that have already been launched by New York City have been uh, closed and they're not accepting applications, but uh, they will be coming back. Uh, well, we should monitor if they're coming back and if they're applicable to you, you should look at them and monitor them. Um, on our website, if you go to our, uh, our COVID page and our press releases on our website, you'll see that there are uh, some uh, releases that we put together there with links to the various uh, sites that you can, you can track these things. Um, we're also looking at uh, programs that are being put out by uh, not only New York, uh, some of you may be located or based out of New Jersey and uh, are looking to uh, take advantage of, of some of those uh, programs in order to allow yourselves to, to uh, help your business continue to operate. Um, I think we got the, uh, Andy, I'm sorry, but um, a very important question was posed to you from uh, Alexandra. <laughs> I should think of what song you'll be singing in the interim. Is there a Passover song that I can sing? We can start with the four questions. Okay. okay. Luckily, I haven't been the youngest one for quite some time. Okay. Um, I look, I could try and talk a little bit about what Pat was going to be speaking about, although he's much more familiar with these other programs than I am. Yeah. Um, there was know, a special request from somebody in the audience named Logan that we think Dayenu. Um, so <laughs> to fill in the time as well. But why don't you start, Andy, and I'll try and meet Patrick separately and see if we can get him back online. Yeah, that's, that's fine. So, so there was um, initially another program called the Emer an Economic Injury Disaster Loan, uh, which um, uh, was in uh, phase one or phase two of the, of the litigation. It was a relatively limited program. It's about $10 billion. Frankly, I, I think it might have already been oversubscribed, but it was a, it was a loan that was made uh, directly by the Small Business Administration uh, uh, to, uh, to, to, um, uh, to small businesses. Uh, and uh, it, was not a, it was not a forgivable loan. It was a, a loan that uh, got repaid over a relatively long period of time with a 3% uh, interest rate. The only way that the reason that that factors into um, the PPP loans is that to the extent that you got uh, an uh, emergency injury disaster loan, um, that would come off, that would be in essence refin refinanced, uh, you know, refinanced by, by the PPP loan. Um, I think as, a, as, as we discussed earlier, there's also going to be a substantial amount of, of money uh, from this $2 billion package uh, going directly to both Treasury and to the Federal Reserve to make direct loans to businesses that don't qualify uh, as small businesses um, under this current legislation. In other words, they have they have more than uh, more than 500 employees. Um, we don't know uh, what that program is yet. There hasn't been any 
any rules or guidelines uh, uh, put out. Uh, you know, we expect that hopefully within the next couple of weeks, but um, we're not sure, uh, you know, when, when, when that is going to be coming out. Um, and um, there were some, there's also some, some smaller grants, which, uh, which Pat was going to talk about, uh, you know, in this, uh, in this legislation, um, uh, but relatively small dollar amounts, uh, 10 and $25,000 uh, type grants. Did we find them? Jerry? Yeah, I just spoke to him. They, his wireless connection just dropped. He's trying to uh, dial back in using his uh, phone. You see? Oh, there he is. Patrick, can you hear us? Patrick, you're on mute. Can you? Uh... All right. How's that? Oh, there you are. Hey, it's good. We were just okay. telling Patrick, you were just telling, we were telling Patrick, everyone, that the first hour for any questions people have, you're doing pro bono. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I'm sorry about that. Um, uh, all right. Let's, uh, let's, let's start again. So uh, in terms of, um, in terms of, uh, of the, um, the, well, the focus, uh, sorry, I was, what I was starting to say was, while the focus has been uh, to date uh, a, a lot on the, uh, the Paycheck Protection Program, there are in fact uh, a number of other programs that were either expanded um, or, uh, or funded uh, as part of both the CARES Act as well as part of the, uh, the, the CARES Act actually itself was the third stimulus package. And so um, there were programs that were, were made part of uh, the first and second package uh, as well. Uh, and, and in addition to that, there have been uh, there have been some programs created at the uh, city and state level, although um, uh, that has been uh, that that has been uh, smaller and, and and slower to date. Um, so in terms of um, in terms of at the federal level in the SBA, I, I think it's important to note that uh, in addition to the, the Paycheck Protection Program, uh, there's also the uh, economic injury. Um, disaster loan program uh, and grant program, um, which uh, which is a, which is available uh, to uh, to small businesses. Uh, and in terms of the um, uh, the uh, economic injury uh, disaster loan program, which uh, which I'll call EIDL, um, that's a program which um, under uh, actually the first stimulus package, um, the SBA was uh, authorized to make uh, seven billion dollars worth uh, worth of loans to small businesses. Uh, and uh, really, those loans are uh, are working capital loans, uh, so loans that uh, can be used um, to uh, to offset lost um, lost revenue, uh, and they can be used for items such as um, as um, payment of fixed debts, uh, payroll accounts payable, those sorts of things. Um, Sorry, Patrick, what, Patrick, yeah? I'm off. we're getting a, a question. Can you just again uh, clarify? What those costs are? Can they apply? Can they be applied to rent, to mortgage obligations, to payroll? Can you just again, let's go through that one more time. We'll be talking about that. Sure. Yeah. So, in terms of the the EIDLs, um, it, it really is a uh, a working capital loan. So uh, any uh, any type of business expense that um, that a, that a business would would typically face. Um, uh, 
proceeds from this EIDL loan can be used to, to go towards that. So any type of uh, ongoing uh, business expense that, um, that, um, that may be faced. So um, that's, that's, what they're, that's what it's meant for. Um, it's, a, uh, it's a loan where uh, it can be, the uh, loan amount can be up to $2 million. Uh, and um, typically it's, um, it's something with a, um, a 3.75% um, interest rate um, and um, and it, uh, it can be something that's up to a, a 30 year uh, term. Um, in terms of uh, in terms of eligibility, you have to be uh, a small there, business. Is there, is there a deadline to file? Are there, what are the uh, deadlines to file? Are there deadlines? Uh, well, there's uh, there no there's not a there's not a deadline. Although uh, you know you should uh, you should you should look to file as um, as soon as uh, as soon as uh, as soon as possible. Um, and um, you know you you have to you do have to meet certain tests in terms of uh, these are disaster loans so you have to be in a disaster area New York is um, is considered a, a disaster area for for example um, and you have to you have to be uh, some somehow affected by your business has to be somehow affected by the disaster um, and so um, the, typically in addition uh, there's um, there's collateral or a guarantee that's that's required. Now it's important to note that under the CARES Act, um, the third stimulus package, uh, actually there were certain requirements of this uh, EDIL program that were waived. So um, personal guarantees for loans under $200,000 were waived. Um, typically, a, a, or one of the requirements of the program is you have to show that you have no other form uh, or sorry, no other source of, of credit um, that was waived. Um, and, uh, and typically there's a requirement that you have to have been in business for at least a year prior to the disaster. Um, and, and that was, um, that was also waived. So, um, th those are, uh, those are some of the key features of, of that program. Uh, it's also important to note that under the CARES Act, um, in addition, um, there's, um, what are called, um, economic injury disaster grants, um, which basically act as a, uh, a ten thousand uh, dollar loan advance for um, for applicants under the EIDL um, program, and so um, basically, uh, what you can do is, in terms of how you apply, uh, you the, unlike the um, unlike the Paycheck Protection uh, Program, where um, applicants are applying to their lender and where the lenders are administering that program, the um, the EIDL um, program is one that gets administered directly by the SBA. So uh, if you're an applicant, you're going to, uh, you're going to file your application uh, online directly with the SBA. Um, uh, a caseworker at the SBA is going to work directly with you in terms of reviewing that application and then um, ultimately um, uh, proceeds uh, coming out of that, that loan. So as part of that, that program. Patrick, I'm sorry, one more question. You said um, in, in that case, you apply directly to the SBA. Andy, in terms of the, uh, the, the uh, Paycheck Protection Programs, are you also going directly to the SBA? How do you apply for them? No, 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 that, 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 that's a little bit different. The, the, the um, Paycheck Protection Act is basically uh, sort of like a typical SBA loan where you would go to an SBA lender. The SBA lender will process the application will send it to the SBA, the SBA will sign off on it. The lender itself is going to fund the loan uh, and uh, will have the guarantee of the SBA in terms both of 
um, the uh, uh, ultimately potentially a default by the borrower uh, if it can't make it and then goes out of business or if it stays in business but the loan is is required to be forgiven the SBA is going to step in and, and repay the lender for that for those forgiven amounts. Maybe just a, a practical point for anybody who's looking to apply it hasn't done so already. You should reach out to your bank to confirm that they are a bank that is processing these loans. Uh, only a handful of banks at most have put their, their applications online already. Uh, but find out if your bank is, is going to be an approved S, uh, SBA lender and if they can process them. If they're not, we have been seeing uh, a trend where with a few banks that they've been uh, joint venturing with other banks um, um, in terms of one bank not being able to process them, another one that can. They've been working together to, to refer the application through the other bank. Jerry, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, I actually heard this morning, um, although I've not confirmed it independently, that Citibank is not even going to participate in this program. Really? That's yeah. amazing. Uh, interesting. Info. So find out. Uh, you should reach out to your bank where you hold your account because um, that's where you have your relationship. Find out. Uh, what relationship uh, you have there uh, and if that bank is processing and you should also reach out to other organizations that you're affiliated with to see if they have some some kind of uh, uh, relationship level through their organizations with the banks to make sure that your your package is processed together with with uh, similarly situated uh, applicants I'm sorry maybe turning back to uh, Patrick sure so just in terms of the uh, e e yeah uh, the economic injury development grants uh, so uh, as part of your application for a loan, uh, you can also apply for these grants and um, what it basically would provide is, is a, a $10,000 uh, loan advance, uh, which you would then need to uh, disperse within three days for, uh, for payroll or, or paid sick leave or, or something like that. Uh, the other thing to note about these grants is that um, if for some reason your application uh, is uh, is not approved uh, for uh, an EIDL, uh, then um, then you don't have to uh, repay that. Um, you don't have to repay that grant. Um, uh, just in terms of, of, of practicality, so you would apply for an EIDL um, through the SBA's uh, website. Um, what the SBA is indicating is that um, they will uh, they will look to have a a two to three week uh, turnaround time. Um, with respect to your uh, to your application, so that's uh, that that's the the expected timing on uh, on that at uh, at this point. So, um, in addition to the um, in addition to the PPP and the uh, EIDL, um, there uh, also under the CARES Act, um, there were um, there was about seventeen billion dollars in uh, in in subsidy um, payments that were um, that were authorized. Um, to help existing SBA borrowers um, with respect to their existing SBA loans, whether they are uh, whether they're a 7A loan um, or a 504 loan, um, uh, existing borrowers under those uh, under those programs um, can apply and um, uh, to receive a, a, a subsidy uh, in terms of helping them um, pay with pay pay their existing um, loans. Um, in addition to uh, in addition to that, um, what I what I want to note is, um, and we won't really go into to detail because I I'm, um, neither Andy nor I are are, um, are tax experts. Um, I would just note that there are um, there are um, tax credits that were um, both part of the CARES Act um, as part as well as part of the um, uh, the second stimulus package, which was the Families First Act. Um, and basically, 
Um, there's a um, there's a uh, an employee retention um, tax credit that's uh, that's available, um, as well as a, a tax credit available um, with respect to um, uh, paid uh, paid sick leave um, and um, and paid um, uh, family leave. So um, at the federal level, um, there's there are also tax um, tax credits that are um, available. Um, as I mentioned, at the at the local level, um, there has been uh, less uh, done uh, to date, uh, and I think that's that's uh, obviously just a um, uh, partly a a, um, uh, a result of the fact that um, the uh, state government is uh, is obviously focused on um, on the uh, on the crisis at hand. Um, to date, in New York City, there there have been uh, two programs that. Um, that were um, that were announced early on. Um, one was the New York City Small Business um, Continuity Fund, um, and another is the um, New York City Employee Retention Grant Program. Uh, and in this case, this was really directed at uh, very small businesses. So, uh, in, in the, uh, the Small Business Continuity Fund, uh, that's for um, businesses with fewer than uh, 100 employees. Uh, located in uh, in the five boroughs, uh, and uh, who had um, who who could demonstrate uh, a loss of more twenty five percent or more uh, in terms of um, revenue, uh, that offered a um, a zero percent uh, interest loan uh, with a fifteen to twenty year term. Um, in addition to that, um, there was the uh, employee retention grant program, uh, which provided up to twenty seven thousand dollars in uh, grant. Uh, money for uh, for payroll expenses uh, for two months, but that was for um, extremely small uh, businesses uh, of five or, five or fewer employees. Uh, at this particular time, uh, it seems that uh, due to uh, interest, um, uh, the city has put a, a pause on um, reviewing any new applications. Uh, so I think um, uh, at um, at the city level, we're just going to have to. Uh, we're just going to have to wait um, some time before uh, a more robust set of programs comes out. But uh, but I think that this is important to note that um, that uh, we will we will be seeing those, and so it's just important to uh, to to keep monitoring uh, this and 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 see what's available um, uh, because in addition to um, what's available at the government level, uh, there have been a number of private um, funds that have also been announced um, and continue to be announced. Um, uh, for example, you have Facebook, um, which announced uh, which announced a program. I believe Verizon announced a program. So there are a number of private um, there are a number of private funds that um, that have also been uh, created. Um, now, while in New York, um, uh, there's just been the, the two programs that I mentioned. In New Jersey, um, New Jersey did come out with um, with its own set of, of small business programs um, that um, that have uh, that are that are being implemented right now. Uh, and among those, uh, th these are all through the um, uh, New Jersey Economic Development Authority. Uh, and as part of that, you have uh, number one, the Small Business uh, Emergency Assistance Loan Program, um, and uh, you also have the Small Business uh, Emergency Assistance Guarantee Program. Uh, and so, with respect to the uh, the loan program, uh, it provides up to $100,000 um, for operating expenses. Uh, it's a 10-year uh, year amortizing loan um, where uh, there's a deferral of, uh, of payments for the first 12 months uh, with a 0% interest rate um, for the first five years. 
uh, and then uh, an interest rate for the remainder that's uh, consistent with um, e uh, other EDA uh, programs. Uh, to be eligible, you have to be um, uh, you have to be in existence for a year, um, and you have to have less than five million dollars in um, in annual revenue. Uh, and then you also have to make um, certain um, uh, assurances with respect to um, retaining and um, and rehiring workers. Um, in addition to that, there's the Small Business Emergency Assistance um, Guarantee Program, um, where um, where the EDA will uh, provide a guarantee of 50% um, capped at $100,000 um, to lenders who are making working capital loans um, to, uh, to small businesses who again meet the same eligibility requirements um, as part of the, um, the emergency assistance um, loan program. Uh, the last uh, program in, at the New Jersey state level that I'll mention is there's also a um, entrepreneurship guarantee program. Um, which um, which guarantee, can guarantee up to 80% um, and in no event more than $200,000 uh, in terms of investor loans. So if you have um, if you have an investor who always already has an equity investment um, in a uh, in a particular business, um, it can uh, it can have an additional working capital loan guaranteed uh, up to that $200,000, um, uh, provided that that business. Um, has at least 50% of its employees in New Jersey, has less than 25 employees, uh, and has um, uh, under 5 million uh, in, in revenue. Uh, and so that's, uh, to, again, to date, uh, it's been, uh, the, at the state level, uh, it's been uh, more focused on, uh, on the crisis at hand, um, but as, uh, as things turn um, towards, uh, towards recovery, uh, I imagine expansion of those programs. Um, the one other program I just want to mention at the, uh, I know this has been focused on uh, on small businesses. Um, the one other program that um, that Andy and I have been looking at um, at the federal level is that as part of the CARES Act, um, the um, the Federal Reserve um, was also authorized um, with uh, with respect to up to five hundred billion dollars uh, in funding. Um, for uh, for programs, um, and it uh, it has been working on what's uh, what they're calling the Main Street Lending Program, which is a program that's going to be targeted uh, more towards middle-sized businesses, um, businesses with between 500 and and 10,000 uh, employees, um, and the expectation is that that will be uh, that will be rolled out shortly, um, and will will be. Um, will be a, a, a program that um, that is more targeted to um, uh, to that that middle size um, company. Yuri, uh, I just wanted to mention one more thing, which uh, doesn't uh, uh, necessarily have anything to do with the CARES Act or anything that, that that Pat was mentioning in terms of loans or grants. But there is legislation that is uh, sort of wending its way, albeit slowly, at least through the New York State Legislature. I'm I'm aware that there's a similar type of of a bill going through the Massachusetts state legislature uh, to require insurance companies under business interruption policies uh, to pay uh, claims related to, uh, to the coronavirus, uh, those types of losses. I mean, generally, uh, and I'm not an insurance lawyer, but generally uh, business interruption policies uh, apply when you have a business that uh, has uh, some sort of physical damage or fire or something like that, and, and, and you have to um, close the doors for a while. Um, generally, doesn't include something like this, uh, but the legislatures are working on this, 
and the insurance companies would ultimately then be repaid back by the various state insurance funds. Something to look out for. Yes, and that goes right back to uh, what we said earlier, Andy, uh, about uh, one of the things that we were, we were engaged a lot with our clients is to look at the insurance policies to see what coverages are available. Are available. Definitely the, uh, um, uh, an additional step that to be uh, watchful for that, that can be very helpful. Um, we're almost out of time, um, kind of last chance to, to ask any questions you have um, or to, again, do like this with your hands. Um, so uh, if you have any further questions, let us know. Going once. Uh, yes, this is Marcus Rayner. Who did you say would be reimbursing the insurance companies under the if, if that legislation goes through? Yeah, my understanding is that at least with respect to New York, that it would be the New York State Insurance Fund. How how stable and how large is that fund? I I, I don't I don't know that uh, I don't know the answer to that question. Any other question? You know, we could certainly, you know, we, we probably should ask Alan to uh, respond to that. He's got uh, more uh, ability to do that. But uh, this is what uh, he and I, he and I actually spoke about this uh, last week. And okay. what's, you, what's your view on the likelihood of it passing, that legislation passing? You know, I, I don't know. Um, I know there was also legislation going through the state Senate uh, on rent and mortgage forgiveness. Uh, with, both the, both, with respect to both commercial and uh, residential apartment buildings. Uh, certainly, you know, nothing's, nothing's come out. And I know that that was pending at least 10 days ago. I was going to ask you about that. It seems to have ground to a halt. Do you know the yep. reason for that? I do not. If there are no other questions, and I don't see anybody sending anything to the chat, we'd like to really thank you all for, for uh, filing in and letting us share uh, if you have any uh, further questions, you can look at our website on the materials we have posted. Feel free to reach out to me. Feel free to reach out to Andy or to Patrick, um, and we'll, we'll do our best to, to help you out or to guide you to the right uh, person at our firm or assist you. Uh, we hope you all have a wonderful holiday season, that you're all healthy and safe, and uh, we look forward to seeing you all in person in the very near future. Thank you, everyone. Thank, Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you very much.